folks we are recording live on birthday day how do you how when this comes out it will not be birthday oh, no. day true but 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 we're recording on birthday day which is fun because yes. it gives me an excuse to drink more wine Yay! <laughs> how do you feel do you feel older a little bit i feel i don't know i've been having a very good day i got to see my i got to talk to my nephew briefly which was lovely he <gasps> didn't have a lot to say because he's three months old right. but, but he's so cute. i love him with all my heart he's very adorable oh, okay. and his parents are okay too so <laughs> <laughs> congrats to them again they they literally yeah. made the cutest child like so cute oh he's adorable yeah, he's uh, so <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah, but we're, we're now in that week where Anna's the oldest and Rose and I are the same age for a week, and then <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I turn Anna's. So you age. should respect me. No. <laughs> okay. No, but I do. I do. Sure. <laughs> um. Anyway. Anyway, it's um. It's the first day of fall, which is yep. very exciting. I mean, while we're recording, it's a if full moon. It's it the full moon um technically it was like two nights ago but like it's still it's still it full. started yeah and it's gonna be going yeah. through um so that's great that's exciting we feel very it, it feels a very appropriate night to like be recording an episode because there's a yes. lot of like spooky vibes feels happening. very spooky like the spooky season is hitting us now we're in it yeah. very yeah. excited yes also, this is our first normal October. Yay. Yes. Yes. Hello. And just the three of us this week. We're hopefully having more fun stuff coming up in October. I know we had texted about maybe doing something fun. If you know what I'm referencing, friends, so I don't we don't have to edit things out. Maybe. And it was your idea. So. Oh, yes, I yeah. do. <laughs> yes. So hopefully we get to do that. Rose, do you know what I'm referencing? I don't know if I do. <laughs> Remember Anna texted us. Like, oh no, I do. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's what you're okay. talking so about. So okay. maybe we might be doing that in October. I don't want to like preemptively say that, but we can cut. I'd be down. I think it'd be fun as like our yeah. week of Halloween. Episode. Yeah, that'd be a fun Halloween. So I don't know. Stay tuned. Okay, we'll see. Something's something. Well, something's brewing potentially. Like a Ooh, witch. good word. Thanks. Very witchy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. I'm trying to think what else is happening y'all what's what's new anything exciting happening i ate um, a lot of cake nice i'm not drinking oh <laughs> and tell us how you feel about that <laughs> i'm very upset <laughs> we're here to support you thanks i will drink wine so you don't so have drunk to. on halloween <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> I can't oh, handle this. No, here's the thing: is I know, I know the thing. Meg knows the thing. Anna doesn't know the thing. I know. Anna, surprise! Surprise! Meg and I schemed something this week. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, you really? Oh, didn't you know? doing like a combo story mm-hmm. or something? A little bit. <gasps> But it involves what? us switching up the order in which we do things, so... A bit of a switcheroo. This is the first time ever Ooh. we've had a switcheroo. 
So uh, I I think I'm I'm up first this time, which is yeah. weird. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Now it? you feel the pressure so to start off with the. I know, with the I know. I don't know how to do this. I feel out of my element, but I'm excited. <laughs> so, are we ready? Are we ready for a spooky story? I'm hoping to scare you guys today. I'm ready. I, yeah, I guess. All right. Um, this is one. I don't want to give it away. I mean, I'll tell you in just a second. But this is what I brought up before. This is what I'm really excited about. I've been I've been looking forward to it since like we basically started the podcast. So I bet I know what it is. Today I'm talking about black eyed children. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I knew it. And and after Rose goes through the spiel, I will be telling you some stories about black eyed children. And I'm very scared because I read through a lot. So (laughs) Dude, I'm so excited. Yeah, so I've got the the basics for you guys, along with the origin story, and then uh, Meg's going to hit us up with some more spooks. Uh, We thought this was appropriate for spooky season, so I really hope you guys enjoy this, because black-eyed kids actually scare me so much. they freak me out. Mm -hmm. They make me scared to ever, like, be, like, a homeowner (laughs) alone in a house. For real. (laughs) Or, like, like, on the street alone like any of the anywhere alone (laughs) if a kid came up to my door and knocked on it i would open it and drop kick them honestly this is when i was reading some of these stories i was thinking about the entire time i was like wow anna is actually probably going to hate this because i know you don't like creepy children (laughs) (laughs) oh i forgot how much you hate ghost kids (laughs) so um I'm just gonna crack into it. I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna. We're just gonna go. We're we're gonna go. <laughs> okay. Go. So, black-eyed children are pretty much what they sound like. They're described as looking, for the most part, they look like regular children, except for the fact that they have pitch black eyes, um, and they almost always appear to be between the ages of six and sixteen. So, um. Black-eyed kids most often appear at night. They will appear to an adult who is left alone, usually in their car or their home, and they often they will ask basically first to be invited in because they either can't or won't enter without invitation. Uh, they usually ask for harmless favors, but they speak sometimes speak in like breathless monotone voices so they'll ask for like simple things like to use the bathroom, to make a phone call, get a ride home, or to get something to eat. <laughs> Um, Anna looks so thrilled by this information. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So sometimes their appearance or like the way they speak might sound a bit anachronistic, like they don't belong in this time period. So they'll reference something that like maybe is old technology or maybe they're dressed kind of oddly for this time period. Uh, But that's not always true. People who have encountered them often say that, like, before they even see the kid's eyes, they feel intensely uncomfortable, like they sense something is wrong, or they feel an intense fear and, like, dread that they they can't even place it. They just feel like something's wrong. Um, Victims who have made eye contact and, like, noticed the eyes often describe that, like, they they describe, like like, a catatonic or hypnotic state, so it's, like the fear doesn't overcome them unless they're breaking eye contact, unless they're, like, aware. It's almost like they're being hypnotized or, like, lulled into a false sense of security by that eye contact. (laughs) Um, And supposedly, uh, the kids are more likely to approach people who already know about them. So, you're welcome. So, congrats, Anna. Now you're in the know. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) You know, the fun thing is there's a chance that in, like, a week I'm gonna be here alone in the middle of the woods, this house alone. 
I said alone twice, but oh, yeah. Cute. Um, thanks for telling us that info. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now I so, should just go outside and shout Wendigo a few times. Okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. Let's not do that. Let's not go. <laughs> Have some self-preservation, please. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, uh, a few theories, some of them more convincing than others. They might be vampires that would go along with the uh, fact that they exist out of time, they appear threatening, like they have to ask for permission to enter. Um, I think the main reason is... Do they sparkle? Is... Huh? No. Do they sparkle? No, they don't sparkle. Only, um, but I think the main Edward reason Collins is that they like uh, have to ask permission to enter a space. Um, oh. Yeah. So they like that. That is at least the main theory. It's, it's probably the most plausible one if they're not just their own thing, you know. <laughs> um, other is potentially aliens, but like wasn't there weren't any related UFO sightings or that kind of thing. It could be related to the Men in Black, but I don't know. Um, otherwise, they're just some sort of demon or ghost. One suggested, I saw one source specifically say that they might be some kind of human-demon, human-ghost hybrid, which would explain why they look like regular kids, but they don't act like regular kids, and they're not regular kids. Um, skeptics say that, like, they're just pranksters, or, like, they're just wearing contact lenses, or, like, uh, one of them specifically cited, like, that they, they could be children with aniridia, which is the absence of the iris in the eye, oh. but that doesn't, yeah, <laughs> it, it basically just, from what I saw, I didn't look too deeply into it because it freaked me out, but, uh, it looked like they don't have an iris and the, like, part that usually is your iris just kind of looks like a, like, almost mirror-like, like a shiny stone or something, so it doesn't oh. affect the whole eye, though. It's interesting. Uh, would, yeah. <laughs> so that wouldn't totally explain, like, the whole eye being black. Um, but there's that. It could be medical, Wait. but I doubt it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did the did the black-eyed peas get their name from the black-eyed peas? So. When I tell you the number of times I accidentally typed black-eyed peas into, like, the search bar when I was looking <laughs> for stories. <laughs> oh, my God, man. To be fair, if the black-eyed peas showed up at my door, I would also dropkick them. They're like, get started, get stupid, and the animal like, punches started, them in the get face. Off of my lawn. <laughs> everybody, everybody. Oh my god. That's true horror. <laughs> the black eyed peas show up. Well, I am. Go away. <laughs> yeah, Fergie's like going off. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so, um, here's the fun part. Um,. The origin story of the Black-Eyed Kids is terrifying. So, Meg, have you read this one? Um, is it the one that you had in your notes? I I had the name of. You have the name. I didn't. I purposely did not look it up okay. because I wanted to. I wanted to have a reaction with Anna. So. Okay. Perfect. Um, because it's bonkers. So. Uh, there's a pro post. It was, it's interesting because it was originally like written on, um, some, some forum for like ghosty activity, but it was, so the like website no longer exists, but it was preserved by the Wayback Machine. It was originally written in 1998, which is actually the year I was born. Um, by, (laughs) I know, right? Uh, it was written by a journalist named Brian Bethel. Um, he wrote about his encounter with the Black Eyed Kids to an online forum, 
Um, and he actually connects like three different stories from people across the country, like that he had some acquaintance with. Because he had his own experience, and then he like talked to two other people who also did, and that kind of gave the story a lot of traction. Um, but from what I can tell, like it seems like the Black Eyed Kids have existed for a long time, and like this was simply the account that made them the most popular. From what I can tell, um, it, it also seems like he has some credibility in like this ghosty community, uh, and I didn't see anyone actually disprove his story. So I'm going to take it as legit unless someone tells me otherwise. <laughs> that being said, I am just going to read most of it. Um, I did edit it slightly just for clarity and length. Um, and I'll tweet the link to like the whole thing if anyone's looking for it. But it was like too wild to cut out most of it. So let's just go into it. Uh, this first part takes place in Texas. Uh, Brian Bethel writes in <laughs> evil kids under... Uh, and it was like an email, I think. So the subject was those darned black-eyed kids dated Friday, the 16th of January, 1998. So he starts off saying, so many things do, it all started out innocently. So he describes like he left his place at around 9.30 at night. He was going out to drop off a check for his internet bill. There was some drop, drop box. Um, it was about a 10 to 15 minute drive to downtown from his apartment. Uh, and then right next to like, the destination was a movie theater that at the time was featuring the movie Mortal Kombat. <laughs> um, pretty normal 1998 stuff. Um, so he says, Using the glow of the marquee to write out my check, I, I was startled to hear a knock on the driver's side window of my car. I looked over and saw two children staring at me from the street. Both appeared to be in that semi-mystical stage of life children get into where you can't exactly tell their age. Both were boys, and my initial impression is that they were somewhere between 10 to 14. Boy number one was the spokesman. Boy number two didn't speak during the entire conversation, at least not in words. Boy number one was slightly taller than his companion, wearing a pullover hooded shirt with a sort of gray checked pattern and jeans. I couldn't see his shoes. His skin was olive colored and had curly, medium length brown hair. He exuded an air of quiet confidence. Boy number two had pale skin with a trace of freckles. His primary characteristic seemed to be looking around nervously. He was dressed in a similar man manner to his companion, but his pullover was a light green color. His hair was sort of a pale orange. They didn't appear to be related, at least directly. Oh, great, I thought. They're going to hit me up for money. And then the air changed. Right before I, I experienced something strange, there's a change in perception that comes about... It's basically enough time to know that it's too late. So there I was, filling out a check in my car, which was still running, and in a sudden panic over the appearance of these two little boys, I was confused, but an overwhelming sense of fear and unearthliness rushed in nonetheless. The spokesman smiled, and the sight, for some inexplicable reason, chilled my blood. I could feel fight-or-flight responses kicking in. Something, I knew, instinctually, was not right but I didn't know what it could possibly be. I rolled down the window very, very slightly and asked, Yes? The spokesman smiled again, broader this time. His teeth were very, very white. Hey, mister, what's up? We have a problem, he said. His voice was that of a young man, but his diction, quiet, calm, and something I couldn't put my finger on, made my desire to flee even greater. You see, my friend and I went to see the films, but we forgot our money. We need to go to our house to get it. Will you help us out? <laughs> now, he says, like, this kid seemed unusually confident. Most kids 
approach adults a bit fearfully and his experience as a journalist, this felt really odd to him. So he continues, he says, uh, this, this way, this kid was in no way fitting the mold. His command of language was incredible and he showed no signs of fear. He spoke as if my help was a foregone conclusion. When he grinned, it was as if he was trying to say, I know something and you're not going to like it, but the way, the only way you're going to find out what it is will be to do what I say. Uh, well, was my best reply I could offer. Now here's where it starts to get strange. The quiet companion looked at the spokesman with a mixture of confusion and guilt on his face. He seemed in some ways shocked, not with his friend's brusque manner, but that I didn't just immediately open the door. He eyed me nervously. The spokesman seemed a bit perturbed, too. I still was registering something wrong with both. Come on, mister, the spokesman said again. Smooth as silk car salesman could learn something from this kid now we just want to go to our house we're just two little boys that really scared me (laughs) something in his tone and diction again sent off alarm bells my mind was frantically trying to process what it was perceiving about the two figures that was wrong uh um was all i could manage i felt myself digging my fingernails into the steering wheel what movie were you going to see i asked finally Mortal Kombat, of course, the spokesman said. The silent one nodded in affirmation, standing a few paces behind. Oh, I said. I stole a quick glance at the marquee and at the clock in my car. Mortal Kombat had been playing for an hour, the last showing of the evening. The silent one looked increasingly nervous. (laughs) Come on, mister, let us in. We can't get in your car until you do, you know. Just let us in, and we'll be gone before you know it. We'll go to our mother's house. We locked eyes. To my horror, I realized my hand had strayed toward the door lock, which was engaged, and was in the process of opening it. I pulled it away, probably a bit too violently, but it did force me to look away from the children. I turned back. Uh, um, I offered weakly, and then my mind snapped into sharp focus. For the first time, I noticed their eyes. They were coal black, no pupil, no iris, just two staring orbs reflecting the red and white light of the marquee. At that point, I know my expression betrayed me. The silent one had a look of horror on his face and a combination that seemed to indicate A, the impossible had just happened, and B, we've been found out. (laughs) The spokesman, on the other hand, wore a mask of anger. His eyes glittered brightly in the half-light. Come on, mister. We won't hurt you. You have to let us in. We don't have a gun. The last statement scared the living hell out of me because at this point, by his tone, he was plainly saying we don't need a gun. He noticed my hand shooting down toward the gear shift. The, spokesman fi- the spokesman's final words contained an anger that was complete and whole, and yet contained in some aspects a tone of panic. We can't come in unless you tell us it's okay. Let us in. I ripped the car into reverse and tore out of the parking lot. I noticed the boys in my peripheral vision, and I stole a quick glance back. They were gone. The sidewalk by the theater was deserted. I drove home in a heightened state of panic. What did I see? Maybe nothing more than just some kids looking for a ride. And some really funky, funky contacts. Yeah, right. Mm. Um, there's more, but I'll give you a second to reflect if you would like. Um, I don't like it. I mean... I just like where are they like I don't I don't the thing I don't understand from like reading all the stories that I read and like also hearing mm-hmm. this one where do they need to go that they need to like why do they like you know what I mean like it's like right 
well, why do they need I, to use a phone? Why do they need to get in the car? Why? We'll get there, but it sounds like, Ooh. well, their excuse was like, we're going to our mom's house. But it sounds like anyone who indulged their requests did not live to report on it. It's just and a I, ruse yeah. to be let in. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's some sort of mortal terror that these people feel, and I don't think that's an exaggeration. Um, so allow me to continue. He says, I'm still not sure what they were, but here's an epilogue I find chilling. I talk about Chad a lot. He's my best friend, my best ghost hunting companion, and an all-around cool guy. He recently moved to Amarillo, but at this time, at the time that this happened, he was still living in San Angelo. I called him and talked to him briefly. He had two female friends with him at the time, both professing some type of psychic ability. I started telling him the story, leaving out the part about the black eyes for the kicker. One of the women, we were on speakerphone, stopped me. These children had black eyes, right? She asked. I mean, all black eyes? Er, yeah, I said. I was a bit taken aback. Hmm, she said. One night last week, I had a dream about children with black eyes. They were outside my house, wanting to be let in, but there was something wrong with them. It took me a while to realize it was the eyes. I hadn't gotten as far as them wanting to come in. <laughs> what did you do? I asked. I kept the doors and windows locked. I knew if they came in, they would kill me. She paused. And they would have killed you, too, if you had let them into your car. So there's more. <laughs> One second, because it just gets more and more terrifying. Cool. But <clears throat> he continues. Last third part. Act three, if you will. <laughs> now check this out. I should preface this by saying that John Northwood is one of my very good internet friends. A gentleman of high intelligence and candor. He's an investigator for Spirit, a pagan rights coordinator in his home state of Oregon, and one of the nicest fellows I've ever met. He doesn't joke around about the paranormal, which is why this scares me to no end. I'm absolutely certain it's true. John and I never talked about the black-eyed kids before. In fact, he wasn't aware that I had an experience like this. He swears that all of the text below is true. I believe him. So this was like written in like a chat room originally and it was like maintained in that format, but I shortened it just to give John's description of the encounter. Mm -hmm. um, so here's what he has to say. <laughs> he starts off, do any of y'all believe in ghosts or for that matter, kids with funny eyes? I was in downtown Portland, Oregon, after a seminar series on software development. I had grabbed a bite of dinner around 10 p.m., and when I left, it was about 11. I'd gotten in my car, locked and belted up, and just started the engine when someone tapped on my window. I was in an above-ground above garage on the third floor, so I wasn't too freaked out. Good lighting, still some people around. It was one of the guys from the conference, so I rolled down my window and asked him what was up. He wanted a ride around the block a few times, as he was freaked out about who was standing outside his car. I figured, so sue me, that it was some of Portland's homeless or some punker kids. So being a good Samaritan, I let him in and we took off. We drove by his car and there were three kids around it, two boys and a girl. The girl was weird. Just freaky, you know? Clothes and hair and makeup, gothamatic. The two kids were, I don't know, just scary as shit. She was probably 14 or 15. The oldest boy was probably 14-ish and the youngest between 10 and 12. She looked bored and was smoking a cigarette. The two boys were just leaning against the car. They looked way too intense for kids. Anyway, 
I started itching behind my eyes like I really needed to get a look at them. So, like an ass, I slowed down. Big mistake. The boy sauntered over and the girl stayed against the car. The eldest was on Doug's side, the guy from the seminar, and the youngest was on mine. I made sure the doors were locked. I love electronic locks. <laughs> and asked why they were standing around his car. The young one said, It's scary out there all alone and we just wanted a ride home. The eldest one said, You promised you'd help us out. And Doug said, I don't even know you. By this time, I was really on edge. I felt caught between throwing up and jazzing. Adrenaline does that to me. All of a sudden, Doug said he was getting out of the car, and I told him not to. As soon as he reached for the handle, the two kids, I don't know how to say this right, they looked a lot older. Their faces were somewhat drawn, and their eyes were solid black, edge to edge. No pupil, no iris, nothing. Just a liquid black pool. I just about wet myself. I slapped the car into reverse and burned rubber backing about 60 feet away. They started running after the car, so I spun around one of the support struts and we took off. I kid you not, I was convinced that if they got a hold of the car, I was going to die, and not in anything approaching a pleasant fashion. <laughs> anyway, the oldest one was at the bottom of the garage when we came out, and almost made it to my side door. We'd gone down from the third floor doing 30-ish, maybe 35 around the ramp. He'd beaten us down the stairs and onto the sidewalk. Anyway, we mm. left him on the corner, and when I turned to look, nothing. He was gone. Doug just about passed out. All of a sudden, the feeling of menace left. We went back about ten minutes later. Nobody was around his car. He got out, got in his car, and drove home. He'd said that he'd met the young one earlier in the evening, and he'd said he'd take him home, had even given him a short ride in his car to the seminar and told him to wait. Apparently, though, the older brother scared him, so he felt that all bets were off. I was behind him about 45 feet when the feeling of menace hit again. At that moment, Doug misjudged going across an intersection on a yellow light, and his car was hit by a truck. He was killed Ooh. instantly. <gasps> I gave a police report, and the whole time felt really freaked out, and I re very exposed. I got back into my car, got in, locked the door, and waited. I saw the kids again from about two blocks away. I'm not making it up. I'm not thinking they were vampires or something like that, but they weren't as they they weren't as pale, they weren't as skinny. They felt a damn slight more menacingly, more more menacing. I left quickly. My only concern now though is that this upcoming Wednesday, I am going back to the area for another seminar and I won't be leaving until 9:30. I'm freaked out, people. <laughs> so, Brian goes on to say that like he still feels haunted by these experiences. The fact that, like, someone died, especially. He says that people keep bringing up the story and, like, they seem a little too excited. Like, it's cool that this happened to him, but they don't really appreciate, like, how terrifying it was for him. He closes saying, uh, in a word, help. I need thoughts. I need ideas. I need to calm down. But beyond that, I just want to know what people think about this. I've protected myself in my own manner. I'm not worried about any danger to me, but this is too close to what I experienced to be a mere coincidence. Thoughts are welcomed. So, there's that. Yikes. Yeah. Um, Anna, thoughts? <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> Just yikes. Yeah. I like... Um. You could see why I couldn't, like, cut it much more than I did, you know? Like, because it's all yeah. bonkers, and, like, there's so much going on. It's, like, just pure, unexplicable terror, and, like, they're just kids, but, like, 
mm-hmm. they're wrong. Yeah, <sighs> something's wrong. And I and and, and I did they? Go ahead. Sorry, in both stories, did they call him Mister? I think so, actually. I don't like that. Yeah, right, hey, Mister. Yeah, in the first one he said, "Hey, Mister, what's up?" <laughs> I'm not a fan of that. Right, it's like a little bit. I mean, it's not super common anymore. I don't know if it was common in the '90s. I feel like it wasn't, but uh, like just the fact that like, "Hey, Mister," feels very like I'm an orphan in the '20s. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, Mister. <laughs> hey, Mister. Can you give me a ride? Oh my god. And <laughs> <laughs> your jalopy. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, exactly. So, very weird. And the thing is, the thing that gets me is like, we still don't have a good explanation. And that it seems like everybody who has, like, we wouldn't know if anyone had been a victim of their antics because it seems like they kill everyone that they can get a hold of. Uh, so like (laughs) i don't know that's why i drink this week (laughs) i can't drink (laughs) (laughs) so you just have to lay alone awake (laughs) sorry anna thanks (laughs) well uh thanks for that now meg's gonna scar me even trauma to continue (laughs) because part two of the trauma i am terrified (laughs) i've read through so many stories it was genuinely so hard to pick which one i'm so excited because like i purposely avoided more of the extra stories and things uh but i've heard like i've heard some through other podcasts and and things but i'm very excited because they always creep me out there's so and i just think it's so interesting like so many people have different opinions on like what they are like some people are like it's definitely cryptid some people are like right some kind of like ghost demon thing and then other people are like no it's like x y i don't know it's just fascinating that like no one no one knows um we don't there are, yeah truly so many stories all of mine are from reddit um nice oh my god yeah nice. and um some of them are from reddit no sleep which like i was surprised oh. to see they were on no sleep but there's also a separate um reddit uh is it thread forum i don't know what i don't know what they call them on forum, on forum probably sure forum yeah um it's r slash black eyed kids stories so i'm gonna be reading some oh, from okay both. so there's like a subreddit for black eyed kids wow yeah i mean that doesn't surprise it shouldn't surprise me but yeah so i have a handful um we'll just we'll just go down the line and we'll see Please. we'll see where that takes us but they're truly oh, cool something else um so this first one is called my only encounter with a black eyed kid and it it's posted on reddit no sleep by user <laughs> big taco one two three nice me too yes oh, and this I, is, could, I would die yeah. for a taco right now <laughs> yeah me too honestly mm. um and this was posted nine years ago <laughs> so hot damn yes okay. and this is how it starts from big taco one two three on march 17th 2008 i had my one and only encounter with a black-eyed kid before my experience i had never heard of anything having to do with black-eyed kids i was 12 I was sitting outside of a hairdresser's in an old Chevy pickup waiting for my mom to get her hair cut. About 15 minutes had passed, and I saw some kid walking back and forth along the sidewalk in front of my parked car. At first, I thought I recognized him as one of my friends from school, so I banged on the front window shield until he looked my way. No. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It was not anyone I knew. At this point, I was not scared at all. Not yet. The boy walked over to my side of the car and just stared. I think... To let me get a good look at his eyes. To freak me out. 
Let me tell you, if you have never seen a black-eyed kid, you have no idea what to imagine. Pupils black as the night sky. The boy whispers, you must let me in. And then I locked the car doors and ducked down into the space below the seats. Five minutes later, he was gone. When my mother got into the car, she told me a boy with black eyes had come into the hairdressers and had insisted for my mother to give him the keys to the car. She refused. Thank God she did. Uh, how would oh he have known that God. it was her car? Isn't that crazy? Ah! Ew. So I hate that. So that's the first one. Thank you, Big Taco. One, two, three. Wow. Thanks, Big Taco. Yeah. No, thanks, Sorry. Big Taco. Yeah. And this one's another one from Reddit No Sleep. And this one's posted by user Sarah Beth, um, one eighteen. This was posted eight years ago, and this was titled "Another Black-eyed Kid Story This Halloween." And so this one goes: This is so funny. I'd never heard of black-eyed kids before my incident, so I came on here to post my story. And the first story I see is about a black-eyed kid. Weird. Let me just, you know, side note: just like, wow, they're. They, they had their first encounter, and now they open up Reddit, and it's the first thing that they see when they come to post on here. So, yeah, I hate that. <laughs> um, so, anyway, let me preface this by saying I'm by no means a writer. <laughs> I'm just a domestic engineer living in North Texas. <laughs> also, I don't believe Fair. in the paranormal. Ghosts, demons, aliens, whatever. However, I did have an event happen to me this Halloween. I have to admit, has me scratching my head. So, we love a good skeptic-turned-believer kind of story. So, this yeah. should be fun. Um, this is my first post on Reddit. <laughs> sorry to say, I never, sorry, I'm just reading. Um, never even heard about it until yesterday. I told my best friend about the incident. She's an avid reader of no sleep. So she told me if I didn't post it, she would. So here I am. So that's how the story ended up here. So it had been a slow trick or treat night in our neighborhood that evening, which is pretty odd in itself. We usually have kids from different areas dropped off in ours and have a constant parade at our door that night. I'd say we had no more than eight or ten groups of kids come by the entire night. It was about 9.30 p.m. and my husband and I were sitting in our family room watching some of those ghost shows based on supposedly actual events. Like I said, I don't believe in that stuff, but I do like a good ghost story now and then, and it was Halloween and all. We hadn't had any activity at the door in over half an hour, and it was getting late, so we decided to turn the porch light off and let our dog Chloe out of her crate. Chloe is an American bulldog and very docile. We only put her in her crate because we were afraid she'd try and get out to play with all the kids, and I didn't want to have to chase her down the street. Also, we didn't want her to scare any of the kids because she would look like a, she would look a little intimidating to, to younger kids, which I understand. Because if a dog just like charges mm-hmm. at you when you're a small child, it's like why? Even if the dog is like, yeah, play. <laughs> um, so I turned the light off outside and let Chloe out, and she followed me back to the couch and laid down on my feet. It was getting close to 10 p.m. when my husband decided he'd had enough fun for the night and was going to go upstairs, take a shower, and get ready for bed. After all, it was Thursday, and he still had to get up early the next day. My teenage son was out with his friends at a local haunted house and wasn't expected back for another hour or so, so that left me alone on the couch with Chloe. Now, just because I don't believe doesn't mean those shows don't freak me out a bit, and being alone now watching, I'd have to say I was kind of on edge, as it were. It wasn't long after I had heard the upstairs water for the shower turn on when came a light knock 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 at the front door my initial action was what the hell really it's almost 10 go home but soon an uneasy feeling came over me why the knock our doorbell glows in in the dark and without the porch light it would be extra obvious to anyone there i paused i couldn't really just ignore it our front door had a big um beveled beveled 
bevel, big big beveled glass beveled glass panel, and anybody right at the door could see in enough to see someone was in the family room watching TV. It would be pretty rude for me to just sit there and not answer it. Knock, 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 again from the door. I glanced down at Chloe, and she was gone. My gaze followed her usual path to the front door, expecting her to be on her way there as she normally does. Nothing. She wasn't there. I stood up to look around the room better and found her crouching by the back door like she was wanting out. However, she never asks to go out like that. She always comes and licks my hand or puts her head on my knee. This was totally out of character for her, and I have to say it heightened my anxiety. Chloe, Crete, I said. She just turned back to look at me like, hell no, lady, I ain't moving. I yelled up to my (laughs) husband, but if he was already in the shower, I knew there was no chance of him hearing me. Knock, knock, knock. About that time, a car drove down our street and cast just enough light on the door to where I could see the silhouettes of two small children through the glass. I instantly felt relief. It was just some kids, probably a couple of my neighbors on their way back home and wanted to stop by and show me their costume or something. I headed to the door and looked back to make sure Chloe wasn't going to follow. What a great watchdog, I thought to myself as she just sat there. I turned on the porch light when I got to the glass... Oh, when I got to the door, and sure enough, I could see through the glass that it was a couple of pretty small kids. A little late for such young ones, I thought, and I began to wonder what kind of parents would let their kids run in the streets that late at night. I only opened the door enough to where I could block Chloe's escape if she tried to grow some balls, which was only about two feet. What struck me immediately as odd was the kids weren't wearing any costumes. They were in normal street clothes. Also, no customary trick-or-treat either. I began to feel very uneasy again. It was a girl and a boy. The girl to my left was older. I'd say about 11 or 12. I could tell she was blonde, but I couldn't make out any distinct features as our lights are from high above and on columns at the front porch, so most of the light was coming from behind them. I had not opened the door wide enough for any light from inside to hit them directly. The boy was younger and about a foot shorter. I'd say eight or nine and looked to have had uh, light brown hair. The girl very politely spoke up. Ma'am, can we please come inside and use your phone to call our mom? As she spoke, something in the pit of my stomach was telling me something was wrong. What what kid, even at that age, doesn't have a cell phone of their own these days? Which, like, kind of tea. But I'm also thinking, this tea. was, like, eight <laughs> years ago. So I'm like, was that the case eight years ago? I mean, no. Maybe, like, it's, I, I, knew, I know some families had, like, a phone shared among the children for emergencies, you know? Yeah. And, like, if they were out alone at night, they would probably have something like that on them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the poster goes on to say, I couldn't remember the last time I had had anybody ask to use my home phone, which, like, also, that's a very, that's a very origin <laughs> thing. Like, who asks to use a home phone yeah. anymore? Um, and so then the poster says, um, hun, don't you have a fun of your phone of your own to call your mom on? Um, this is when things got weird. Both kids turned to look at one another like they were going to say something to one another, but neither ever spoke. They both turned back to me and the girl said, Ma'am, my cell phone battery doesn't have any charge left in it. Can we please come inside and call our mother? We're alone out here and my brother is scared. I have to admit, if there were two competing feelings... I have to admit there was two competing feelings going on inside me. The first, that I'm... That... Of a mother's heart, sorry, (laughs) I can't read all of a sudden. Um, That of a mother's heart that wanted to help these two small children get to their mom. The other, a sinking fear in my gut that was keeping the the other feeling at bay. It was then I noticed that during this short conversation, I'd already opened the door a few extra inches, which I was completely unaware of doing. Which is interesting that you mentioned the story. Uh, His hand was like by the lock. His hand was on the lock and he didn't realize it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There are things that happen in all these stories. Yeah. And also the... um, it's, It's so fucking weird. 
them like saying like oh we're just two kids or like we're out here alone and we're scared was similar to yeah um and so the poster again they're they had like opened the door a little bit and Ed says I stopped honey why don't you give me your mother's number and I can call her myself another pause and they again looked at one another after a short moment they turned back to me and the girl said ma'am my little brother has to use your bathroom can we please come inside while you call our mom and with that last statement, the little girl moved closer to the door like she was just going to walk on by me. As she did, she stepped into the light coming from inside the house, and I got my first real good look at her. Solid, jet black eyes. That's all mm-hmm. I could see. That motherly instinct was gone and replaced by terror I don't think I've ever felt in my life. I could feel every hair on my arms and back of my neck standing at attention. I closed the door to where just my face was able to stick out. The little girl stopped and again pleaded, Please, ma'am, we're really scared and alone out here. We have to come inside. Please help us. Then, like on cue, both kids began to whimper and cry. That's when the fear took over and I shut and locked the door. I'll call your mom if you give me the number, I shouted through the door, but I'm not letting you in my house. I could still see them standing there on the porch, just staring at me through the um, beveled glass pane. Part of me wanted to run upstairs to my husband, but the bigger part didn't want to lose track of where they were. That would have freaked me out even more not to know where they were. After what seemed like forever, but probably only a few seconds, I decided I'd call my neighbor that lives across the street. As I made my way to the side table by our couch to my phone, I glanced back at the door. Chloe, I glanced at the back door. Chloe, the dog, was nowhere to be found. We later found her in the guest bedroom under the bed. When I got to my, uh, when I got to the phone and started to look for his contact info, the neighbors, um, it was only then that the kids stepped away from the door and began to walk to the street. As they did, I walked to the door to get a better look to see where they went, still not calling my neighbor. If you get close enough to the glass, you can see um, people's shapes, but you can't see much detail. Of course, standing that close to the door would make you pretty obvious to anyone outside looking in. From the door, I could see that the kids kids were still standing under the street lamp nearest my house, staring at me. As I lifted Ew. the phone to my ear after, um, after calling, only then did the kids start to walk down our street. I met my neighbor out under the lamp once he was out there, but the kids were nowhere to be seen. Like I said, I don't believe in any of this stuff and had never even heard of black-eyed kids before talking to my friend. But I really think, or what I have to think, is these kids were just out yanking people's chains on Halloween night. But I will <laughs> say this for them, they were good. Really good at it. And they scared the shit out of me and my dog. And that's wow. the end. So oh, that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? I just when the dog reacts. Yeah, when the dog you. knows it's bad I was news, just gonna you say, know it's bad. The, news. And the dog knew before the door was even open. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you know. Well, one of the yeah. things in my research I didn't write down because it's not like it didn't seem common enough, but like one of the one of those sources pointed out that like these sightings seem to happen a lot on Halloween because it's more usual for kids to be out alone. Like it oh, kind of a good cover. makes sense like that some of them pop up on Halloween. Yeah. That's funny you say that because I have another uh, Halloween which is one. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so this one is posted by Halloween Good. Warning on Reddit, No Sleep. And this was 10 years ago that this one was posted. And um, this one, I think I think they actually made their username Halloween Warning based on this story is what I'm getting. Because the title Ooh. of the story is Warning to People in the Portland, Oregon Metro Area This Halloween. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where have we heard a story from Portland before? <laughs> hmm, <that's funny. laughs> Um, and this is what the poster has to say. This really freaked me out. Yesterday, I noticed my neighbor hadn't put out all of his Halloween decorations, lights, etc. The past two years I've lived next to him, he's gone all out for Halloween. 
I don't know him well. He's younger, single, but I know he likes kids, not in a creepy way. I love that they had to clarify that. LOL. Um, (laughs) His brother and sister-in-law and their kids are always visiting him, and he plays with his three young nieces and nephews out in the yard. So anyway, I got home from work and was walking up my driveway, and I saw him outside and said something like, Hey, man, you better get your Halloween stuff up, or that house up the street is going to beat you out for best decorations. He kind of smiles sheepishly and says that he's actually going to keep his house dark this year and just put out candy. I asked if he was going out of town, but he said no. Something happened last year that really scared him. Uh-oh. Now I would, yeah. <laughs> now I was concerned for my own safety if some weirdos were coming around to our neighborhood, which is a pretty safe neighborhood with tons of young families living here. So I asked him what happened. He said last year he had his brother's family over so they could trick-or-treat in the neighborhood since they live in an apartment complex as it doesn't do much for Halloween. He had a bunch of kids come to the door, like always. His family took off around 10.30 and there were only a few older trick-or-treaters, but by 11.30 they were pretty much done. So he was inside, watching TV, and the doorbell rings. He grabs the candy bowl and heads over, noticing that it's a little past midnight and that's pretty rude for trick-or-treaters to still be out but then notices he hadn't turned all of his decoration lights off yet, so his house was still a beacon. He swings the door open and is about to yell boo or something to freak them out, but stops dead when he sees the kids at the door. He said one was probably around 13, 14, and the other was around 16, 17, both boys. They weren't dressed up, but he remembers the older one was wearing a flannel checkered shirt. He was immediately overcome with uneasiness. Um, Like opening the door was a huge mistake. Yes, Anna was not the child in rose's story wearing a flannel checkered shirt? right correct Isn't this it crazy? was i think it was a hoodie but it had like a plaid pattern but on again it we didn't we didn't i didn't read that story rose isn't read no. any of these so like we i yeah we didn't coordinate that far no. <laughs> um, cool yeah um cool. yeah so he was overcome with easiness like opening the door was a huge mistake they just stared at him and he noticed they had a they had really big irises and dilated pupils. He couldn't even see the whites of their eyes. Again, this is, I think, a man trying to make sense of, like, what he's seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he couldn't even see the whites of their eyes, so we figured they were contact lenses. He was frozen there holding the candy bowl. Sir. Like, he couldn't slam the door in their face as much as he wanted to. So he nervously tried to smile at them, hoping they would break character and ask for candy or something. The younger one said they had gotten lost and needed to come in and use his phone. Uh That was when he closed the door more than halfway on them and said, no, sorry. And the older guy or the older one said something like, can we just wait in your house until our parents come get us? But by then he was convinced that his life was in danger and these kids must be high on something or intending to rob him. And he just kept mumbling, no, sorry, good night, as he inched the door closed and locked it. He told me he was so fucking scared at that point that they were going to try to break in through one of his windows or something, but he looked through the peephole and they had turned to leave. He watched TV with the volume really low so he could hear any sounds at all, and he stayed up till like 5 a.m. because he was too scared to go to bed and drop his guard. The whole time he's telling me this, I'm just thinking, oh my god, this sounds so familiar, just like the Black Eyed Kids urban legend. Then I thought, hey, maybe this dude is trying to scare me because after all, he does have the Halloween spirit. So I'm looking at him incredulously, but trying not to seem too gullible. So I'm like, man, that is really crazy. Sounds like black-eyed kids. And he just looks at me blankly and says, the what? Is that a movie or something? And I said, no, but told him to go look it up online. Like an hour later, I get a knock on my door and admittedly almost jump out of my skin thinking it's a demon child. It was my neighbor and his eyes were freaking huge. He swears to me up and down he had never heard of black-eyed kids before. And it's so similar to what happened to him. 
So we talked a while longer, and I told him that quite a few people Uh probably know that urban legend, and it's possible it was just Teenagers Reflex um, contacts trying to freak people out on Halloween, which would be genius, by the way. But he said the fear he felt was so primal and came over him the second he opened the door for them. Anyway, beware, I guess. Halloween would definitely be the perfect cover for them. See, like, that's the thing that you can't explain away to me. Like, if it was just pranksters, if it was just kids wearing contacts, like, where does that fear come from? Yeah. Yeah. Especially, like, on Halloween, you're expecting some kids to show up with weird, freaky costumes. Right, like, freaky costumes aren't that unusual in that situation, but that makes you afraid. Yeah, and then these are just, like, normal kids, and you're terrified? Right. Part of me wonders if, like... Hmm. There are stories that aren't connected to the legend because, like, the people didn't make it out alive. Like, if there were, like, I'm wonder, I'm curious if there are, like, stories of, like, home invasions or, like, robberies gone wrong in the same area around the same time. There's, there would be no way to connect it, but, like, I'm so curious. Yeah. I'm so curious. <laughs> they also, it wouldn't even have to be in the same area because, like, the kid, they, they seem to move, like, effortlessly also like they disappear on command so it's like yeah you know (laughs) yep so cool um i'm going to read one more because i had multiple lined up i just wasn't sure which ones i was like let's read the ones that feel like they were good um so i'm just taking a second to like Mm -hmm. look or pick the one i want to read out of the three that i have left and again when i tell you there are so many out there if you're like fascinated by these stories Go look them up. They're all over Reddit, yeah. especially no sleep. There are and... so many. I had to, I oh tried to, I had to actually try to avoid them. <laughs> yeah. One thing that's like very, not, well, kind of comforting uh, is like, clearly you need to let them in. You, yeah, they so need like, your permission. If they showed up outside your house, th- it doesn't seem like they would come in if you didn't let them in. Yeah. And if you, if you have yeah. good instincts, trust those instincts. Like, for real. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, let's see. I think... Hmm. Let's do this one. So this one is actually on the Black Eyed Kids stories. Um, so it feels fitting to end with this one. So that way you can go check out that thread as well. And this was posted four months ago. So this is a very recent one because I know my other ones were from like a long time ago. Um, Excuse me. So this one, yeah. And this one, um, I think you guys will like the username is Beyond Philosophy 1996. So he's a, wow. he's a Hey-o. philosophical friend. Yeah. But, okay. Anyway, back to, back to this. So, um, anyway, um, black eyed kids stories. Um, and okay. So this one was posted four months ago, but it happened two years ago, the experience, but I, that's still very recent in comparison. That's still very recent. Um, so the title of this one is I had this experience two years ago and only just learned about black eyed kids today. I'm creeped out, but also relieved. I'm not crazy. And so then this is how the story starts. I still have chills. My encounter doesn't match 100% to the others I've read, but I'm positive it has something to do with these black-eyed kids. So, this is about April 2019. I live in a decent-sized city in western U.S. My job at the time was in a restaurant where I worked late night, sometimes until 1 a.m. The job wasn't far from my apartment, so I would walk back every night. No. <laughs> I will say, um, it, we'll get into it, this this is um, um, a pretty like big dude, so... I guess oh, okay. it's probably, probably, yeah, probably felt very safe because I think the right, three of us as more feminine presenting individuals, it's like, ah, scary <laughs> walking alone at 1am. Right. <laughs> right. But, um, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Anyway, that's gender for you. But, um, Ugh. 
Okay, I know. So my um, my place, I'm meaning my place is in the store, the post, you get, yeah, whatever. Uh, my place was in kind it. of a, <laughs> thank you, uh, was in kind of a rundown part of town. Imagine a lot of abandoned lots. Basically, at that time of night, there would be no one around except people like me making their way home. So I'm walking down the road, leaning up to my place one night. I'm looking down at my phone, and when I lift my head up, I see these two kids, probably like 40 to 50 feet away, holding hands and walking in my direction so that's i don't like that visual of them like holding hands and approaching. That. <laughs> yeah but, that's kind of it's kind of a little bit the shining for me <laughs> yeah that's a little it's giving the shining and it needs to yeah. give less so um this was odd because the road is a pretty straight shot there wouldn't be many alleys or side streets for them to come out of unless they were just hanging out in one of the empty lots they were too far away to make out details but i was sure they had to be young kids this on its own was unsettling, but the way they started behaving after this is what sent me into fuck this shit mode, which I think is an excellent way to describe the feeling that people get that is awesome. from, yeah. from seeing black-eyed kids. Um, these two, these two um, stepped off the curb, looked both ways, and crossed the street. There was no need to do that on a completely deserted road, but I thought, whatever kids are taught to look both ways before crossing, that would be fine, except... Oh, oh sorry, I should have read that as, like, whatever, kids are taught to be uh, to look both ways before crossing. Um, that would have been fine, except then, after walking maybe ten more feet, they stepped off again, looked both ways, and crossed back over the side they were just on. They did this four or five times until they were right in front of me. So they were going, like, a well, zigzaggy kind of pattern, is the way I read it, is, like, they were crossing back and forth between the curbs. Um, I could tell at this point it was a boy, about 13, and a girl, about 9. Their clothing wasn't exactly like other Black Eyed Kids account I heard, accounts I'd heard, where they're wearing old-timey rags, which I don't know if we've read a single one where they're wearing old-timey rags, but no. thank you, sir. Um, instead, okay. <laughs> they, they just had these gray pajama-looking things and white shoes with no logo or branding, which I think fits more with the typical mm-hmm. attire people mm-hmm. see. Um, now I'm a big dude, which I know is fun to hear in my voice. <laughs> I'm about 6'1", 240 pounds. I've been stopped and fucked with by all kinds of junkies and weirdos and always thought I could handle myself. Despite that, I felt terrified of these two little kids. They came up to me, and even though their eyes weren't solid black, their pupils seemed to be very dark and almost have a glow on them. Which, that is, I don't like that. Oh, okay. that they're glowing? No, no thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they stopped in front of me, and the boy said, We're lost. Our parents must be worried. In a straight, monotone voice. <laughs> which ah! we've also heard before. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Welcome. So... You'd think that two lost children in the ghetto at 1 a.m. would be frantic and crying. (laughs) The girl then chimes in, We need to use the phone at your house. Our parents must be worried. In the same matter-of-fact way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I told them they could use my cell phone, or I could call the police. They didn't say anything, and the boy just said, Our parents are worried. In no other situation would I leave two kids there defenseless, but something in my gut told me to get the fuck out of there, so I just walked past them. Uh After about a block, I looked back and saw them continuing in the other direction, repeatedly crossing the street again. It was one of the most unsettling things I've ever experienced. And that's that one. So that ah, I don't feel any better creepy. after talking about all of this, especially considering Rose and I did not compare notes. And there's so many no. similar stories. There's so many little similarities. Yeah. I think the one that freaked me out the yeah. most is the guy who with the Halloween decorations and like he genuinely had no yeah. idea. And he was clearly yes. very freaked out. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, well, I, I, I said for, from my research, there was one source that said, like, if they seem to appear to people who already know about them. But I've also heard plenty of stories from people who had no idea they yep. existed. Like, literally had, had no idea like that. Like, yeah. And that, no yeah. thanks. So... Um, those are the stories. I think it's also interesting that we still don't, we, no one has an explanation for what these are. No. What they, like, they need to, they need to stay the fuck like, away from us, Like, that's why they though. scare me so much still. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Anna, you've always been right to be frightened of small children. I take back anything I've ever said about being okay Thank with you. Ch- children ghosts or children demon Seriously. things. So. Yeah, I'm starting to understand. Yeah. Also, I, I hope you know that I, like, literally didn't sleep when I was doing these, these I'm reading these stories because they freak me out so much. So, I mean, I did sleep a little bit, but I'm like, I was like, oh my God, I see them in the corner of my room. (laughs) You're welcome, Meg. Yeah, Yeah, thanks. Um, Probably doesn't help that you had like literal children knocking on your door. (laughs) Okay, well, that's why yesterday it freaked me. So for context, again, I've talked about this before. I live in a, um, I live at a university and um, I have neighbors that like don't know necessarily that like I live where I live and they keep knocking, but they pick really inopportune times to knock um especially like late at night and it freaks me out so, you're welcome yeah, sorry yeah, so for scaring you all. well also remember my sleep paralysis thing that i talked about a while ago that took place at my door yeah. looking out the peephole yeah oh ew, ew. So, no thanks i don't, I don't no like thanks, the idea of looking at the no, people and seeing something i don't want to see so no thank you anyway um that was fun collaborating here yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I thought it would be worth it. And I think, because yeah. it's like, people generally, I think, tend to classify black-eyed kids as most likely some sort of cryptid. At least that's the best descriptive word for them. But, like, they're still very paranormal, very ghostly, very odd. We don't really understand them. So I wanted to bring you in on this one. Yeah. yeah. Also, Rose and I went and watched a movie about black-eyed kids, and we did, and it scared the crap out of me. Yeah, it was on Hulu, and I I think it was called they were they were, was it they were watch they they they, they come, come knocking. Was it they come That's knocking? That's what it is. They come knocking. Oh, I've heard yeah. I've heard of that. Anna, you should watch it. It was really good. It scared the crap out of me. Yeah, it was, was very. It, it was scary. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't like the scariest movie we've ever seen, but it was like the concept was creepy enough, and I think that was one of the first times yeah. I had heard about black-eyed kids that I was like. Oh, right. I think so. the idea of the Black Eyed Kids scares me enough that, like, seeing it as a movie was, like, feeding into that fear. Right. Yeah. Um, so. so thanks for letting us talk your ear off for the past hour about yeah, Black Eyed so Kids. Yeah, so sorry. Um, <laughs> had a very short, like, description part and then just a lot of stories. So thank you for your patience. <laughs> I hope it scared you as much as best. it scared me. We because spookies. I love this topic. I love this podcast love reasons to be scared you're welcome yeah (laughs) i feel like the the kids when they talk it's like they they're trying to act like children but they've only seen one like really (gasps) shitty 20s movie like that's literally what it feels like child not 20s but like 60s movie with horrible child actors yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's a great way no that's literally what it feels like yeah so hello mister Hi, hello mister. mister will you can be I please my use friend? your phone can i come stand inside mm-hmm. your house i need to use your restroom that's part of i think the reason why worried. like the alien description attracts some attention from people because like they don't act like normal humans yeah, yeah. i think so there's that the, the demon 
theory probably or yeah. demon ghost theory probably stems from demons presenting themselves as children. Yes. So and like yeah, that's true. Yeah. And dark eyes, isn't yep. that like a uh-huh. it is. <laughs> like presenting as children but not fully succeeding in their presentation. Yeah. So So yeah. Mm-hmm. There we are. And um again, we thought this was a good topic for Halloween. For spooky time. season to spooky kick season. off October. Yay. Yeah. Um when we get to Anna's portion of the story, there needs to be a trigger warning for severe bodily horror if you are not a fan. Um, I'm sorry. sorry. It's a lot. Also, if you Just, don't like gagging sounds, I don't know if Rose is keeping them in or not, but this is your warning now that you probably. might hear me gagging in the background. <laughs> this is your content warning for body horror. Love Just the nightmare girls. Be aware. <laughs> oh no, I'm so sorry. Look, it's Halloween. <laughs> Welcome to spooky season. I said, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. So um, so uh, well, Anna. Cool. Now that now that we've um completely traumatized all three of ourselves, yeah, about um with black eyed kids, we would love to hear mm-hmm. a conspiracy theory. Please, thank you. I would love to hear a conspiracy. It's October. Hit me up, babe. I'll hit you whoa, up, babe. Whoa. Oh, well, there's some flirtation going on on the, on the Zoom when I was not invited, which is rude. <laughs> I mean, I'm here for it. Oh. <laughs> I'm single. Hit me up. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> you, you heard your first Bye. folks. They're single. You can drop your number in our DMs. Um, we're, we're all single. We're all very single. <laughs> so if you know any, like, hot aliens in your area. <laughs> Let Anna know. Hot cryptids in your area. Anna, Anna, Anna wants to know. Yeah, hot cryptids in your area, hot ghosts in your area. Or hot ghosts for Meg. Yeah. Um, well, um, Anna, do you have a good conspiracy for us? I'm waiting to be spooked. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> have you guys ever heard... <laughs> Rose, I know you've heard of this because I told Ooh. you about it. The Russian sleep experiment. Ah! Meg, yes! do you Yes! I've heard things. Sorry. You have. I just made it really hard yeah. for editing me, but like, ah! I don't, I don't <laughs> love this one. I gotta tell you, I don't love Excellent. it. Excellent. Wow, this episode okay. is really well, traumatizing for everyone listening. I'm so welcome sorry. Welcome to Spooky it Season, is. babes. Yeah, we, went, we go hard. <laughs> so, I've been wanting to do this for a while, but also didn't want to do it when it wasn't October. Um, Makes us say. Yep. Yeah, so I'm just going to jump into it. So, Russian researchers in the late 1940s decided to keep five people awake for 15 days using an experimental gas-based stimulant. These subjects were kept in a sealed environment to carefully monitor their oxygen intake so the gas didn't kill them since it was toxic in high concentrations. This was before closed-circuit cameras, so they had only microphones and five-inch thick glass, like, windows, porthole windows, into the chamber to monitor the subjects. <laughs> the chamber was stocked with books, cots to sleep on with no bedding, ah! running water, and a toilet. I hate that. There's no bedding. I know. But I guess I guess, I guess that they were, they were trying to keep them awake, so I guess bedding would be tempting, but... Right? She's a lonely cot. Okay, anyway, sorry. That's sad. <laughs> no comfy furniture or anything? The, the cot could be comfy. It just doesn't have any bedding. Anna, I used oh, to have a camping cot for thing. my dorm room. Anna slept on it the most out of anyone. 
I did. It made noises. It did. And wasn't very comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> the price you pay to spend a night with me. Cute. <laughs> uh, they also had enough dried food to last all five for over a month. Ew. Dried food? <laughs> and wait, yeah, wait. It's all they eat so, is dry food. They didn't, Sorry, we're like derailing well, them regularly. They just gave them dried food? No, it was. They put it all in there and locked them in there. They didn't want to. They couldn't open it. Right. So they open the doors because like that would mess with the gas. Sure. They couldn't have like, con- like constructed some sort of like chamber that like, you know, where they would like pass food through, close it, and then they open it up on the other side. <laughs> you mean like uh, Silence the Lambs, like Hannibal Lecter's think... like thing, where they're like. So yeah. Probably, I guess. Well, I part guess... of it is also. They wanted to, like, they didn't want to interfere with... Right. They didn't want to interact. They wanted them to be fully variants. isolated. Yeah. Thanks, Russia. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you might be wondering, where did they get these uh, test subjects? Um, they were political prisoners, of course. Oh. Yeah. Great, yeah, of course they were. were. Deemed... Wow, that makes it so <laughs> humane. <laughs> they were deemed enemies of the state during World War Two. And I think it's a, they, I think they promised them that if they did this experiment, then they would be freed, basically. So everything was fine for the first five days. Uh, The subjects hardly complained. Um, Like I said, they'd been promised they would be freed, so all of them were willing at that point. And they did not sleep obviously um their conversations and activities were monitored and it was noted that they continued to talk about increasingly traumatic traumatic incidents in their past and the general tone of their conversations took on a much darker aspect after the four-day mark it's which like is a, just like us when we drink it's, it's, like, a, it's like a sleepover <laughs> at like 3 a.m things right? get weird <laughs> things get really weird <laughs> The 3 a.m. hits and we're all on yeah, the like, issues. Do you ever think about death? <laughs> it's like, whoa, you just ruined the vibe of the sleepover, Ashley. Relax. <laughs> oh, so. Kyle, come on. Fuck the patriarchy, actually. <laughs> That's, a That's mag- literally me. I'm oh, sorry. I was like, wait, that sounds like me. It was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after five days, they started to complain about the circumstances and, um, and events that led them to where they were, and they also started to demonstrate severe paranoia. Oh, boy. They stopped talking to each other and began alternately whispering to the microphones and one-way mirrored potholes. I hate that so much. Question. Yes. They So they did have somebody to talk to. Were they talking to each other or, like, the researchers? No, so the microphones were just so that the researchers could hear what was going on in the cool so they were like talking so to they themselves were going up but and... they thought other people could hear well the the researchers could hear but right. they were like whispering like, into them but like, like basically that. they're talking to themselves <laughs> yeah cool yeah. <laughs> i don't like that anna <laughs> <laughs> no fun. sorry no she's like it only gets worse babes <laughs> i know oh. uh so, weirdly, they all seemed to kind of think they could, like, win the trust of the experimenters by turning over their comrades oh. or, like, the other subjects. S- s- even though the others, they just, like, shared their trauma with each other and now they're turning around being like, 
you know what Brian did? (laughs) (laughs) On day nine, the first of them started screaming. (laughs) He... He ran the length of the chamber, repeatedly yelling at the top of his lungs for three hours straight. Uh Uh-oh. He continued after that to attempting to scream, but he was only able to produce occasional squeaks, and the researchers postulated that he had physically torn his vocal cords. (laughs) Oh my god. The most surprising thing about this behavior is how the other captives literally did not react to it. They continued with their whispering to the mics, the microphones, um, until the second of the captives started to scream. (laughs) This part's gross. The two non-screaming captives took the books apart, smeared page after page with their own feces, and pasted them calmly over the glass portholes so that the research could no longer see into the room. And after all the portholes were covered, the screaming stopped. And the whispering into the microphone stopped as well. Uh Uh-oh. After three more days passed, the researchers checked the microphones hourly to make sure they were working, since they thought it was impossible that no sound could be coming... Uh, they thought it was impossible that no sound could be coming out with the five people still inside. The oxygen consumption in the chamber indicated that all five were still alive, and in fact, it was showing the amount of oxygen that five people would consume at a very high level of uh, strenuous exercise. Uh-huh. So, like, they are all breathing very heavily. Uh-uh. <clears throat> On the morning of the 14th day, the research did the researchers did something they said that they wouldn't do to get a reaction from the captives. They used the intercom inside the chamber, hoping to provoke any sort of response from the captives. They were afraid were dead or, like vegetables basically Ah! so they announced over the intercom we are opening the chamber to test the microphones step away from the door lie flat on the floor or you will be shot compliance will earn one of you your immediate freedom to their surprise the researchers heard a single voice in a calm voice in a calm manner respond we no longer want to be freed (gasps) ew what I hate that. Debate broke out with the researchers and the military forces that were funding the research, going back and forth, like, what do we do? Um, But they weren't able to provoke any more response using the intercom, so they finally decided they couldn't do anything, but they, but opened the door. So around midnight on the 15th day, they opened the door. The chamber was flushed of the stimulant gas and filled with fresh air, and immediately the voices from the microphone began to object. Three different voices began begging, as if pleading for the life of loved ones, to turn the gas back on. The chamber was opened, and soldiers sent in to retrieve the test subjects. They began to scream louder than ever, and the soldiers also began to scream when they saw what was inside. Four of the five subjects were still alive, although no one could rightly call the state that any of them were in life. The food rations past day five had not been touched, and there were chunks of meat from the one dead test subject's thighs and chest stuffed into the drain in the center of the chamber, blocking the drain and allowing four inches of water to accumulate on the floor. Sorry, I should have put a trigger warning. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
god. Oh my god. Okay, I'll put it in the episode description. Chunks? All four surviving test subjects also had large portions of muscle and skin torn away from their bodies. The destruction of flesh and exposed bone on their fingertips indicated that the wounds were inflicted by hand, not with teeth, as the researchers initially thought. Closer examination of the position and angles of the wounds indicated that most, if not all of them, were self-inflicted. The abdominal organs... (laughs) Below the ribcage of all four test subjects had been removed, Uh. while the heart, lungs, and diaphragm remained in place. The skin and most of the muscles attached to the ribs had been ripped off, exposing the lungs through the (coughs) ribcage. Okay. I'm sorry. I I really should have put a warning. Can I just put a pause for one second so I can record (laughs) a trigger warning to put at the beginning of the episode? Yeah. Oh my god, oh my god. Please don't throw up. I'm not going to throw um, up. It's a gag. Okay. Continue. I was going to say, I say that knowing full well that last last October I did the LaLaurie Mansion. Oh, God. We true. all know oh, what that, that spoon awful. do. That was awful. Yikes. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> not that this is great. Anyway. Um, you want some more? I guess. <laughs> I guess. I mean, at least it's not brain stirring, right? <laughs> I don't like Stop it. Gagging. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about it. It's disgusting me. Yep, it's bad. All, all the blood vessels and organs remained intact. They had just been taken out and laid on the floor, fanning out around the eviscerated but still living bodies of the subjects. <laughs> this is bad. The digestive tract of all four could be seen to be working, digesting food. It quickly became apparent that they were digesting their own flesh that they had ripped off and eaten over the course of days. Hey, Anna. Yeah? So I know I told you I've heard of this one before, but I definitely blocked all of this out. Yeah, I, I definitely did any, not remember any, any of this information. Any little bit I had heard about this, I was I it was not to this extent, so I'm deeply <laughs> disturbed. Hey, remember when you asked if if you thought Meg had heard of this before? <laughs> and I said probably no, and it's because I didn't remember most of it. <laughs> yeah, because I think I had blocked it out. I don't remember if I read this. I don't remember. Is that a symptom of reading this? You just block it out. It's a symptom Maybe. of trauma, babes. <laughs> I remembered it all. I don't. Know. Ew, Anna. It was kind of different. <laughs> Are you going to throw no, up? No, no, I can good. stop. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um, most of the soldiers were Russian special operatives at the facility, but still many refused to return to the chamber to remove the test subjects. They continued to scream and be left in the chamber and alternately <gasps> begged and demanded that the gas be turned back on lest they fall asleep. <clears throat> to everyone's surprise, the test subjects put up a fierce fight in the process of being removed from the chamber. One of the Russian soldiers died from having his throat ripped out. Another was gravely injured by having his testicles ripped off, <gasps> and an artery in his leg severed by one of the subject's teeth. Another five of the soldiers lost their lives if we count the ones that committed suicide in the weeks following the incident. Oh my oh god. My god. In the struggle, one of the four living subjects had his spleen ruptured and he bled out almost immediately. (gasps) The medical research 
researchers attempted to sedate, to sedate him, but this proved impossible. He was injected with more than ten times the human dose of a morphine derivative and still fought like a cornered animal, breaking the ribs and arms of one doctor. Uh-oh. When Hart was seen to be for a full two minutes after he had bled out to the point, there was more air in his vascular system than blood. Even after it stopped, he continued to scream and flail for another three minutes, struggling to attack anyone in reach and just repeating the word more over and over, weaker and weaker, oh, until no. he finally fell silent. The surviving three test subjects were heavily restrained and moved to a medical facility, the two with intact vocal cords continuously begging for the gas, demanding to be kept awake. The most injured of the three was taken to the only surgical operating room that the facility had. In the process of preparing the subject to have his organs placed back within his body, it was found that he was effectively immune to the sedative they had given him to prepare him for the surgery. Uh he fought furiously against his restraints when the anesthetic gas was brought out to put him under. He managed to tear most of the way through a four-inch wide leather strap on one wrist, <gasps> even through the weight of a 200-pound soldier holding that wrist as well. It took uh only a little more anesthetic than normal to put him under, and the instant his eyelids fluttered and closed, his heart stopped. In the autopsy of the test subject that died on the operating table, it was found that his blood had tripled the normal level of oxygen. His muscles that were still attached to his skeleton were badly torn, and he had broken nine bones in his struggle to not be subdued. Most of them were from the force of his own muscle. Most of them were from the force his own muscles had exerted on them. The second survivor had been the first of the group of five to start screaming. His vocal cords destroyed, he was unable to beg or object to surgery, and he only reacted by shaking his head violently in dis disapproval when the anesthetic gas was brought near him. He shook his head yes when someone suggested reluctantly that they try the surgery without anesthetic, and did not react for the entire six-hour procedure of replacing his abdominal organs and attempting to cover them with what remained of his skin. Oh, no. The, sur surgeon presidings pres <laughs> the surgeon presiding stated repeatedly that it should be medically possible for the patient to still be alive. One terrified nurse assisting the surgery stated that she had seen the patient's mouth curl into a smile several times when his eyes met hers. When the surgery ended, the subject looked at the surgeon and began to wheeze loudly, attempting to talk while struggling. Assuming this must be something of drastic importance... The surgeon had a pen and pad fetched so the patient could write his message. It was simple. Keep cutting. <gasps> Sorry. The no thanks. Yeah. Please continue. Okay. Ah. The other two test subjects were given the same surgery, both without anest anesthetic as well. Although they had to be injected with a paralytic for the duration of the operation. The surgeon found it impossible to perform the operation while the patients laughed continuously. One, once paralyzed, the subjects could only follow the attending researchers with their eyes. The paralytic cleared their systems in an abnormally short period of time, and they were soon trying to escape their bonds. The moment they could speak, they were again asking for the stimulant gas. The researchers, the researchers tried asking why they had injured themselves, why they had ripped out their own guts, and why they wanted to be given the gas again. Only one response was given. I must remain awake. Oh, God. All three subjects' restraints were reinforced, and they were placed back into the chamber, awaiting determination as to what should be done with them. 
The researchers facing the wrath of their military benefactors for having failed the stated goals of their project considered euthanizing the surviving subjects. <clears throat> the commanding officer in ex-KGB instead saw potential and wanted to see what would happen if they were put back on the gas. The researchers strongly objected but were overruled. In preparation for being sealed in the chamber again, the subjects were connected to an EEG monitor and had their restraints padded for long-term confinement. To everyone's surprise, all three stopped struggling the moment it was let slip that they were going back on the gas. It was obvious at that at this point all three were putting up a great struggle to stay awake. One of the subjects that could speak was humming loudly and continuously. The mute subject was straining his legs against the leather bonds with all his might, first left, then right, then left again for something to focus on. The remaining subject was holding his head off his pillow and blinking rapidly. Having been the first to be wired for EEG, most of the researchers were monitoring his brainwaves in surprise. They were normal most of the time, but sometimes flatlined inexplicably. It looked as if he were repeatedly suffering brain, brain death before returning to normal. As they focused on paper scrolling out of the brainwave monitor, only one nurse saw his eyes slip shut at the same moment his head hit the pillow. His brainwaves immediately changed to that of deep sleep, then flatlined for the last time as his heart simultaneously stopped. The only remaining subject that could speak started screaming to be sealed in now. His brainwaves showed the same flat lines as the one who had just died from falling asleep. The commander gave the order to seal the chamber with both subjects inside as well as three researchers. One of the named three immediately drew his gun and shot the commander point blank between the eyes, then turned the gun on the mute subject and blew his brains out as well. I don't remember this part. Oh, God. <clears throat> he pointed his gun at the remaining subject, still restrained to a bed, as the remaining members of the medical and research team fled the room. I won't be locked in here with these things, not with you, he screamed at the man strapped to the table. What are you, he demanded. I must know. The subject smiled. Have you forgotten so easily, the subject asked. We are you. We are the madness that lurks within you, begging to be free at every moment in your deepest animal mind. We are what you hide from in your beds every night. We are what you sedate into silence and paralysis when you go to the nocturnal haven where we cannot tread. The researcher paused and aimed at the subject's heart and fired. The EEG flatlined as the subject weakly choked out, so nearly free. I, I hate that, Anna. You're welcome. In case anyone didn't pick up on this, this is fiction. Um... <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> it just also, it's I'm like sorry even that I traumatized yeah, you. Yeah, even though it is fiction, it is like so terribly horrific that like uh-huh. even the concept of it is psychically damaging. <laughs> I will say the the first time I ever heard about this, I thought it was real, and that's yep. terrifying if you think that this is real. Um, that's why I w- I just went into it. I wanted to. I was hoping that you didn't know yeah. about it, Meg, so that I could but trick I, you at I least I forgot in the first a lot half. of it. I just, I knew the gist of, like, there's this experiment and it goes wrong. I don't, re- I didn't remember any of the details. I am disgusted, <laughs> alarmed, freaked out. Right. Ew. You're welcome. And definitely, maybe, yeah, trigger warning <laughs> for my story, please. <laughs> I will put one in. Um, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, uh, what a wild time to be alive, huh? Uh, Like, just the, 
The part that, like, freaks me out the most is the fact that, like, when they, you know, when they, when they like, opened up the chamber or whatever for the first time and found the subjects, their intestines were, like, removed from their body. Mm-mm. Like, personally, I know how painful that is, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> stop. No. I'm gonna need you to stop right there. <laughs> Sorry. Happy Halloween, bitches. Motherfucker. Oh, my God. Oh, I also, I need to say, I totally ripped this off from uh, M from And That's Why We Drink. Because they did this, Mm -hmm. and Christine literally believed them for, like, half of the story. I don't know if I listened to that episode. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's where I heard about this, and... I, the first time I heard about it, I think I, I think I heard about this the same time I heard about, um... The uh, Candle Cove for the first time. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, it Like, that should have cued me off that it was, like, fiction. But the way it was presented wherever I found it was, like, this is a real thing. And I was, like, holy shit. And I think um, yeah. there was a couple times where I would, like, look up the Stanford prison experiment. And somehow, like, you type one yeah. thing wrong and then oh. you get the Russian sleep experiment instead. And then you're, like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely different. Oh, no. so, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, oh that's. I, I didn't. Ugh. I just like is the yeah. author okay? Like do they like are they right? okay? <laughs> are are they Wow. Just wow. Anna, yeah. from what, the things that you, like you've if you've read stuff like beyond just like the actual like story itself, like do most people think that this is like real when they first read it? I don't know if you know, but <clears throat> I feel like cuz when I heard the first part of it, I did believe it. Cuz like we know that people have done horrible experiments especially to war prisoners so like that like kernel of reality and like even up to the point that i don't know i don't know what point but like definitely the point where their (laughs) insides were outside was that's obviously not real but well what i'll be honest what i was getting nervous about as you kept going was like I was like, I swear somewhere I heard this was a creepypasta or, like, fake, but is Anna about to tell me this is real? Like, I I literally was getting so scared you were about to be like, yeah, no, this is real. (laughs) I think it it was posed as real at first, from what I can tell. Someone, like, posted it on Reddit and was like, have you guys heard about this crazy thing that happened? And then... Honestly, that's the making of a a good creepypasta. Oh, yeah. If you make it seem real, so... Yeah. I hate that a lot, Anna. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. What is You're this? You're welcome. It's a lot. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. We really kicked off. I mean, I know we did. Um, wow. Listened, listened to last week's episode where we had our lovely friend Jordan talk about true crime yes. that happened nearby, yes. um, where she lives. But I, I didn't. I don't know. I was like, wow. We're really starting on a high. I feel like we're really like. Yeah, I know we, this, true crime and a lot of creepy stories like a lot of creepy stories we started yeah we started off really just like at the top so i don't know where to go from here yeah well i mean honest. again I'm i guess we had to, to like, in some really way kind of top bring it next the dyatlov pass um la Lori mansion episode <laughs> and like rose i know that i know not, i know you weren't in that episode <laughs> but that october you still talked about some creepy yeah. things too so it's like 
Woo, we really... That's true. I remember listening to that episode. I, like, got home from visiting family and listened to that episode in my, like, apartment kitchen and, like, just being absolutely terrified. When I edited that episode, I was sitting... I mean, I was sat right here when I recorded it and sat right here when I edited it. And I, the entire time, I was like, this is, like, making my skin crawl. All of it. But this might be worse. So, Rose, have fun editing, editing this episode. You're welcome. Yeah. Happy birthday. So you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. yeah, happy birthday um, to me, I guess. Fuckers. Yeah, but also happy spooky season. We really went there. You're welcome. So. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. I really wanted to kick off spooky season yeah. with a bang. Honestly. So I guess I accomplished yeah. that. Oh, bang, bang, Jesus. Bang. And I have, I have more on my list that I'm like, I've been waiting to talk about for uh, until October. So. Ooh. Yeah. Much excited. Much well well um <laughs> thanks for all the spooks and scares lads yeah. um meg would you like to tell the people where they can find us if they I would sure like more would. so you can find all of our links for streaming on all those different streaming platforms um as well as all of our social media platforms um and the ones that we primarily use are instagram twitter and tiktok uh, you can find us at nightmaregirls.card with two r's.co that is nightmaregirls.card.co nightmaregirls.card.co that has all of our links thanks mister yeah oh yeah <laughs> thanks can mister. you let me in would you yeah, give me a I ride think i need to use your phone what you need to take away from this episode is i gotta is, use the bathroom mister um, random children into your house to use their phone if they ask just deck them instead and then um <laughs> don't always believe everything you read on the internet because it might just be a creepypasta that will traumatize Tea. you for life yeah so <clears throat> facts well, wow. It's October. Ooh. It's love Halloween.